This is a HeadGum Podcast. Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a Miracle Made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature-regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not, like, getting too hot or too cold or whatever. You know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle Made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it, like, doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But More than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful, and it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today. You'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 307. Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we celebrate Memorial Day the entire week. I'm your host, Nagin Farsad. My child keeps waking up at like 6.30, and she has not let me sleep for something like two months. It's, uh, it's what they call a sleep regression. And I'm feeling it real hard. So instead of taping the show this week, I hope very much to be in a very deep nap uh, this Memorial Week. I hope that you are at a very fun barbecue doing something, just regaling your friends in tall tales um, of your life. So... For this Memorial Day episode, we have gathered a couple of conversations that we have kept in the uh, in the refrigerator, nice and fresh for you. So first up, we have uh, joining us Rebecca Sofer and Pete Dominic talking to us about the idea of charging your friends for dinner. Here it is. And we're ready for the next topic. Can you charge your friends 
for dinner. You made it home. It's a question that's being tackled by the LA Times in a recent piece by Jen Dahl. And to discuss the phenomenon, I'm joined by Pete Dominic of the podcast, the daily podcast, Stand Up with Pete. Um, it's fantastic. You should definitely be listening to it. And I'm also joined by author of the newly released Modern Loss Handbook, the wonderful Rebecca Sofer. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey, Thank you for having us. So, okay, this question has come up before, but since the return of public life in this stage of the pandemic, it seems to have come up again because people may have lost their sense of etiquette um, <laughs> or just have like shifting senses of like how to, to behave in public. What do you think of the idea of people charging when when they have invited you over for dinner? I, I, I love it. I love it because it allows you to realize you're never going to go to this person's house again. Oh, so you could just carve uh, them out of your friendship oh, yeah, it's, circle. It, it, Oh, for sure. I, I believe in like a, a kind of reputation currency. And if, if you're a person who charges me when I come over to eat at your house, no problem um, after that first time. That's OK. I didn't know you were going to do that, but I'm never coming here again. And you're not coming to my house ever. And uh, that's cool. It's fine. If you're that type, <laughs> of, it, it allows me to filter people out of my life because that is the most I don't even know a person. I read this article and I was like, really, that's a thing. There's a bunch of articles about it. I, I don't even know a person who knows a person who has ever done this. A lot of people talk about it as like something to do with the pandemic or something. But the bottom line to me is if you charge me in any kind of way to eat while at your house, uh, that's fine. We're, we're not friends anymore. I mean, or even if if you every time come over for my we have barbecues a lot at my house we have people Which, over yeah. I'm very well liked we have an above ground pool because I'm doing well questionable and, okay. yeah and people people bring food yeah. or a bottle they bring right, stuff right. and if they if, if they keep coming and they never bring anything then maybe we don't invite them it's not expected but like if you just come and you just always eat our food and you never bring a rot watermelon with the ricotta salad or something then you know you're not coming over again I have to you know that actually upsets me I don't know where you're at on this Rebecca but when people so I there's a few people that like you know, we we have a balcony and don't, we don't have the <laughs> above ground pool of a Pete Dominic, <laughs> but we do have a balcony. And, you know, so in the summertime, we like love to have people over and um, and 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 hang out al fresca. And I ha there are some people that I notice never bring anything. Right. And it's like I, I mean, it's fine but is it fine? And no, like, it's I, not fine. I mean, no. I, I mean, maybe in defense of these people, we live in inflationary times, and maybe it's tough out there. Like, you is know, that a thing that you can I get behind? Well, look, first and foremost, it's not like it hasn't been a while since I've, like, done mass-scale entertainment at home, right? Like, it's, it's like we're two years into COVID. I have two little kids. It's not like I've been inviting over a lot. But I haven't been having a lot of dinner parties in the last couple of years. Um, so I do think that many of us have become, like, slightly socially inept over the course of the last 24 months. Um, but I, I don't think I've crossed into the territory of, like, you know, A- charging people to come over and entertain them when it, it, to me, it's like a joy to have people over. I mean, it really is. And like Pete says, it's like, just bring a freaking, like, right, bring, or you say, like, bring the watermelon salad, like, bring something, like, do a potluck. If, you, if you're at the point where you need to charge people or you want to charge people so that they can enjoy themselves in your setting, then maybe you just 
turn that into a potluck. I mean, it's, it's not that hard to just right. like do like a little no, bit exactly. of a shift, you if, know? If it's an issue for you, turn it into a potluck and then everybody knows right. what the deal is. Everyone knows the deal. I think, I, I think it would be really weird to get like a Venmo request for like yeah. hanging out and eating your grilled chicken. And what if it wasn't good? What if it was a shit? <laughs> All of the stories that I've heard have been, and to me, part of the thing that is offensive is the after aftermath of the Ven, passive-aggressive Venmo request. So it's not like it was an agreement that you go into beforehand. It's that you get a Venmo request, which isn't even a text message. Like, a, like at least you can send a text message like, hey, man, I right. spent whatever. Would you mind chipping in whatever? That's different. Like, getting this passive-aggressive Venmo request, I think, is terrible. And, the, you know, I was just asking my – because this hasn't happened to me, but the, but I was asking my, my coffee buddies this morning if this has happened to them, and they were saying that, like, they had gone to some, like, rooftop party of a very rich guy – and he had a barbecue or whatever, whatever. And then at, afterward, the next day, and then my friends took bottles of wine and, you know, were very gener- generous, uh, you know, obviously take something. And the next day they got a Venmo request, again, from a dude who probably makes over a million dollars. So that's the other thing that I find crazy. It's just like when you're rich, guys, like it should be on you a lot. It should By the way, be I love, on you I a love- lot. I love how Nagin tried to bend over backwards, like you know, you know, prices are high with inflation. That, uh, suggesting that like someone's <laughs> on their way to your house and they stop to get a bottle of wine or a, or, or, or any kind of like a a pie, and they go, "How much is this pie?" And they're like, "It's twenty five bucks." I'm like you know what? It's I can't. I'm sorry. I want. I went to get a pie, but it was it was inflation. inflation. Anyway, thanks inflation for having me. Where's the it. balcony? <laughs> but you know, I I just think. If you're going to do it, potluck. If you're going to, like you said, Rebecca, and if you're not going to, if you're going to ask for money, it ha- you have to make it clear to everyone well before the yes. everyone's there. Oh, my God. I can't even, uh, honestly, I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe I just have been to too many uh, dinner parties where I haven't been charged after the fact, <laughs> which is all, all, all my dinner parties. So I'm like, you know, batting a thousand right now in lifetime. And if I got a Venmo request for like an after the fact, just like anything in life, let's just be honest, like set expectations. Yeah. Like at least like get the lay of the land before you, you enact that plan. I mean, because if not, like, do, is it also, I think you have to stop yourself and think, is it worth losing a friendship over this? Also, do yeah. you, like, is are it you worth the kind it? of person also that pays for a round of drinks and then just that's it? You don't expect any, you know, you just buy the round of drinks and then hope that in the course of your life it evens out? <laughs> or like, wait, where, you know what I mean? Like that, that to me is also an indicator of how someone behaves is whether or not they freak out over like the round of drinks issue. Uh, no doubt about that for sure. But it's also there's an also another thing, which is if you're having someone over for and they know it's for a meal, it, if they at they should ask you, can I bring anything? And I think you should say yes and tell them exactly what they should bring oh, so yeah, they don't have to think. Nice. Like I always yeah. do. Should I bring anything? Yes, I would like a strawberry shortcake. And they're like, okay, that oh, seems sounds specific. Good. But, right. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, no, but isn't it great? It's no, like they saying, brought I over mean, a, a a small redheaded girl, which is super awkward. I was like, who is this person? Or the doll? They wanted, wanted angels. Remember the little doll? Um. So that that brings me to my next question because 
this this sort of brings up an anxiety that I recently discovered, which is that like I love having people over. I am not a foodie, and so I feel like when I I have people, I I I, I like I, and I sometimes I love having people over, and I'll I'll specifically be like come over for happy hour so that I set low the expectations of the kind of nosh available. So I'll have like a thousand snacks there, but nothing that I really have to cook because I'm like stressed out about the idea of making dinner and I can't do it. Now I have other friends where they'll invite us over and they have takeout at their, they invite us over for like, and they, they've paid for a bunch of takeout, like high quality, good takeout or whatever. So what do you think of that, where you go over to someone's place and you're not eating a home-cooked meal? I think that's fine, by the way. I think that's fine, too. Like, the point is to be together. Yes, exactly. I mean, again, I think I'm very easy to please these days. I, you know, we're in a pandemic. It's still kind of hard to get together. I'm just delighted. I mean, like, I'm just delighted to get the chance to hang out with people I like and look at their faces at the same time in real life. You know, it's just, um, it's, yeah. I feel like I'm going back to the basic delight of like just togetherness. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like really like Pollyannish. So if that's over, like, I mean, some Korean fried chicken takeout, no offense, that might actually sound better to me than what you might otherwise prepare at home. Who cares? Who cares? No, you make I mean, such, yeah. That is such a good point that Rebecca makes. We Our standards should be rightfully lower. Seriously, our perspective, our, what we are grateful for. I am so happy to see you in person and not on Zoom. Thank you for coming over. I don't, you know, whatever you bring, whatever you made, I'm happy. As long as it's, you, you at least offered or it's something, but who cares? I'm so happy that you, you, you're in my, my apartment and you've been tested, right? That's also probably just like the receipt afterwards. Probably something you should check beforehand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. I mean, do Swab up. I, I, um, I have some foodie friends who like, who, have invited me over and they just make these effortlessly great meals and you know I always take something or whatever and it's fine I just always like go like overboard in explaining to people when I invite when I invite that foodie friend hey would love for you to come over just so you know like I'm not good at like making anything but I'm I'm good at like having a lot of things available you know what I mean that's great. And, That's fine. Just because I'm like, I don't know. I think in New York City, there are a lot of foodies. And there's a little pressure on like having some sort of beautiful meal. You know what I mean? And I can't, I don't, I'm not, I, I'm a terrible, my not my mother's daughter. Like my mom had unbelievable, you know, set, d- displays of food um, every time people would come over. My mom was the kind of person that like, she just somehow had three different types of pastry just there in case someone stopped by. I don't know how she did that. I don't know how these things didn't go bad. I don't know how she maintained this practice. But it's like if you accidentally stop by at our home, she just had several pastries to offer you of different qualities. Oh, do you have a dairy restriction? Here's one that's vegan. I mean, it was ridiculous. My mom, I don't know how she managed it. Um, and I just am not that kind of homemaker. Yeah, you never will be. I know. It's okay. 
I think, I mean, okay. who is, I mean, I, but I think that there, there, there's this like contrast between what we see on Instagram and TikTok, which is like, apparently everybody knows how to like decorate an amazing cake and I'm make saying. sourdough from starter. Exactly. And like, apparently yes. we were supposed to spend the pandemic perfecting those skills. Yes. And I, I didn't spend Me the pandemic neither. perfecting yes. them. I spent the pandemic liking all those posts and saving them in my Instagram account to do nothing with them later. Yes. I'm like, Ooh, that looks good. Like that looks like something I would love to do one day. And I'll never do it. So like, you know, it's okay that you're not your mom. Like who, who is right now? You know, life is messy. Like we're barely functional, all of us. And (laughs) I think that like, let's just be honest. We are so barely functional at this moment in time. Can we just, not to sound like a Pollyanna, but like, can we just enjoy the fact that we can hang out, you know? Yeah, but it is is weird, this duality. This is exactly the pressure that I feel. I feel that I see a lot of perfection, you know, in an Instagram feed or whatever. And that like people may have that expectation of perfection in my home. And I don't like I cannot provide it. You know what I mean? And it's it's probably dumb because the reality is most of us don't live in perfection. And most of us are just taking a photo in the 10 minute window in which we may be able to like, per, you know, the room looks a, perfect. I have a joke in my standup act. If you, you know, your, your Facebook, your social media feed is what you want people to think about who you are and what you're doing. But if you really want to know about who someone is, check their internet history. Tell them to post that. <laughs> how do Can I, I tell you guys something? How that, do I kill my wife? <laughs> Can I tell you my internet history is so boring. It's literally like... Um, prove it. Prove it. Publish it on Twitter. <laughs> prove it. It's my, my internet history is like, which bill is HR 176? It's like the most boring. My internet history is like, what is the secondary meaning of like, you know, batch? It's like such a ridiculous, it's not. Bear it's, or bears. <laughs> yeah. Spelling, checks, shoe shopping. What if, yeah. One of mine is definitely like, how do you spell rhythm? Because I, I that, I, that, that is a moment that I will admit to. Like, yeah, all the that word you I always have... there's all oh, yeah like there's a couple of words like leverage or whatever where I never know is there a D in there is there a D yeah. and I'm always googling <laughs> no it yeah pharaoh pharaoh is very tricky too I don't spell it a lot the but. one I struggle with the most that I use the most I just cannot commit it to memory it's not a hard word to spell but it's fascist or fascism I've been using that one a lot you know because of all of it. And uh, I don't know where the CRS goes. Which one goes first? I have no idea. I'll never know. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, folks, um, the the conversation of should you charge at dinner uh, went to Pete Dominic's spelling of the word fascism. And that is what I love about Fake the Nation. Um, all right. Pete and Rebecca, you really outdid yourselves. I had such a wonderful time. Uh, and what I really want is for people to be able to support you and all the wonderful work that you do. Pete, where do they do that? Uh, listen to my podcast every day. I'm there. Uh, stand up with Pete Dominic. And June 11th, I'll be with Ophira Eisenberg and Christian Finnegan in, 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 Fair, in uh, Fairfield, Connecticut, the Fairfield, Connecticut Comedy Club. Um, all three of the people on that lineup are Fake the Nation alums, so you already love the show. Now all you have to do is just physically go there. Uh, Rebecca, where do people find you? 
You can find me, you know, my, my new book is out, very freshly out. It's called The Modern Loss Handbook, an interactive guide to moving through grief and building your resilience. It's literally the book that I wish that someone had handed to me, um, not just in the days, but in the months and actual years um, after my mom died. Uh, I think it's something that can really actually help you. It's not scary. It's got a lot of humor in it. I don't bite. Um, and I really, you know, hope you give it a whirl. And I'm also very findable on modernloss.com where we have a big global community with lots and lots of free content. Folks, absolutely buy this book. And and, and also the Modern Loss community is, is so vibrant and great and useful. Uh, and so definitely check out the new book by Rebecca Sofer. And now we're going to take a quick break to learn about our sponsors. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education app from Albania that teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help. Because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all the app's features. I mean, that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are back and we're ready for topic number two. 
We read a piece in The Atlantic called How Friendships Change in Adulthood by Julie Beck. And here to talk about it are the comedian and veteran of the U.S. Armed Forces, Bonari Lee Poulton. Hey, Bonari. Hey, so happy to be here. And of course, my opinions in no way reflect those of the U.S. Army, Army Reserve, the United States government, or coalition forces. Of course. <laughs> You took the words right out of my mouth. And also joining me uh, is former comedian, but current candidate for Congress from the state of Florida and Florida's 15th. It is Eddie Geller. Hey, Eddie. Hey, good to be here. My opinions also do not reflect those of the armed forces. I want everyone to know that I am directly speaking on behalf of the U.S. Armed Forces every time I say anything. Okay. Um, So, so. So we talked about this, we we read this article about how friendships change over your lifetime. And before we get into the gist of it, the first thing that they talked about was the hierarchy of relationships. And I actually was, I I didn't know this, but uh, sociologists have found this time and time again, the hierarchy of relationships, in the hierarchy of relationships, friendships are at the bottom. Romantic partners, parents, children, those come first, and then friendships are at the bottom. And I actually was a little bit shocked by that because I, I'm not sure if I put, I sort of put friendships on a plane with everything, I think. I don't know. That just might be me. But like, or that also might also be just like so much of my family is in Iran. So I don't know. There's like a whole other weird thing. But like, I, w- w- were you, you know, shocked at all by by that hierarchy of uh, relationships? I guess it's not shocking at all. But, <laughs> but I, I had a moment of pause with it. I, I I I thought it made sense to me, and you know, as as I've gotten older, I'm I'm 38. You know, I think like probably all of us, you know, the the friendships start to dissipate, and the, the time between talking to each other yeah. just becomes you know less and less frequent. So it's sad, but you know what. Uh, I think it always feels weird when you have like a friend who's always ditching their spouse or ditching their family to go hang out. And it's like, don't you have a family to go to? So there's something intuitively like, <laughs> right. oh, yeah, like friends should, are right, like. Friends should be on the bottom <laughs> of the hierarchy or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's uh, So one of the things they talk about, there's a, a – um, William Rollins, a professor at Ohio University who studies this issue, said, I've listened to someone as young as 14 and someone as old as 100 talk about close friends. And there are three expectations of a close friend that I hear people describing um, and valuing across the entire life course. And those are somebody to talk to, someone to depend on, and someone to enjoy. These expectations remain the same, but the circumstances in which they're uh, accomplished change is are those the three do those three things track with your experience of uh, friendship someone to talk to someone to depend on and someone to enjoy i think they they left off someone to pick you up from the airport yeah, i was you know it's, it's like <laughs> i feel because i feel like the airport thing puts them into family territory yeah 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 i yeah, think yeah, that yeah, that's yeah. what ends up happening is you stop thinking of them as a friend and you're just like well you're family now you, can, yeah, you came yeah, to LAX, yeah, yeah. you went yeah, to JFK. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're, totally, you're totally. definitely family. So I think, yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's right. But I also think that the way you define friendship, because I think that there is, like in the hierarchy of things, like you have acquaintances. I feel like there's, there needs right. to be a hierarchy of friends. I have like people that I'm friendly with. And I have like people that I um, don't actively dislike. <laughs> I'm right, fine right, to see right, them. right, 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 right. <laughs> and then right. I have like really great friends who I talk to almost every day. Right, right. And so just within there, 
you know, there, there, there are levels to friendship. And I think actually one of the, the things they talked about that I thought was interesting is that they put friendships into three categories, active, dormant, and commemorative. And active are like those people that you talk with every day. Um, a dormant friendship has history. Maybe you haven't spoken in a while, but you still think of that person as a friend and you'd be happy to hear from them if you were in that city. You'd definitely meet up. And a commemorative friend is not someone you expect to hear from or see maybe ever again, but you have fond memories of them, right? So you're still right. going to think of them as friends. And I feel like... They're like the collector's edition of your friendship. Yes, exactly. You're like, oh, and this I, is great. And I, and I, re- I realized... Sort of like when I had when I had a baby, and I actually think Benari, maybe you were at my um, thing that we didn't call a baby shower. Oh yes, and I You're had not this. Baby shower. <laughs> Am I not baby shower? I had this realization after everybody left that I was like, oh, basically everybody that was here are people that I'm gonna know for the rest of my life. Like I just had that <laughs> right. Like I know that I'm gonna know Benari. I know that when we're 80 we're gonna still know each other right like I just like know that and we don't live in he lives in Los Angeles I don't get to see him all that stuff is true but like it's like I just have these categories of people that I'm like I know I'm gonna see them I know I'm gonna email them when I'm in town I know I'm gonna you know what I mean and I and I think you kind of get to that point um a little bit right like you have to I think like be in your 30s and have enough of like a runway behind you to kind of re- notice who those people are mm-hmm. in your life Eddie is there a point in your life where you felt like you made the most friends because they talk about that a lot too like you make meaning really meaningful friendships like in the college age and that kind of the 20s um oh, where, where do your friends come from what era yeah Absolutely. I mean, when I was doing comedy in in college and in Los Angeles, I mean, you just, you know, we all had that shared, A, we all had that shared experience of trying to reach this dream and they were all funny. And and I think about, you know, my, <laughs> yeah. like my closest friends I still keep in touch with are the ones that make me laugh the most, you know, and, uh, and, and those just like, there's something so bonding about like, Again, friends that, you know, can make you laugh. And I just wanted the other thing I want to mention that was really interesting because I'll just peel back the curtain for just a moment about running for office. Is when you first run for office, you have to call everyone oh, shit. Yeah, ever yeah, yeah. known. Yeah. Right. Um, and you're like, I'm running for office. Can you chip in, help my campaign? So I, I did that. And I had like, it's such a wild experience. I called people I hadn't called in 20 years. Oh, wild. And I was like, hey, yeah. And I was like, hey, I'm running for office. And I was so delighted by often how, you know, how much people were excited and thought it was cool, which is just to say that, like, you can actually reactivate those commemorative right. friends or whatever. And, like, you know, it, it could be really fun. I mean, if I wasn't forced to do it, I probably would have never <laughs> called them again. Right. But it's, you know, people are happy to hear from you. Yeah. And I think my main takeaway is that um, we are best friends forever. And (laughs) no two comedians have ever been closer than us. We're the Romeo and Michelle of the comedy world. Uh, But but I think that, yeah, you know, the the, this idea of commemorative friendships is is so interesting because I think there are certain people in your in your life that you cannot talk to for 10 years. But if you run into them, you pick up right where you left off. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Which, which is which is rare, um, which is a rare thing to have a bond with someone like that. And I think what's, uh, you know, family is not always by choice, but friendship is, and you can make, 
you know, and romantic relationships are kind of, you know, by choice. You can choose who you get in, in and out of relationships with. Um, but there's some friends who, who transcend all of that, like where you made a choice and then you're just connected with them for whatever reason. You go through highs and lows. You get frustrated, but then, you know, you're there through for joy and you're there through pain. And, and you go through something with this. And I can say this sort of on the military side. There's, oh, there's, yeah. But you don't, speak, you don't speak for the armed forces. I don't speak for the armed forces, <laughs> but I can speak to the experience within the armed forces of there's some events you go through that forge friendships with people you wouldn't have thought yeah. that you would have formed a friendship with because you have a shared experience. And I don't, I don't necessarily have a lot of army buddies necessarily, but I do have a few. And I'll, like, that's something that, uh, you know, I might not talk to them for 10 years and then we'll we'll talk because we have this unified experience that no one else went through but us, you know. And, yeah. and so, you know, your your life is made up of these small experiences. And sometimes you get to choose who you go through those experiences with and sometimes you don't. And it's And it's so interesting to me to see what, you know, it's hard to know at the time when you're in it, but when you start looking back and you get reflective, I'm sure like when you get older, that's when you start realizing like that moment that you had at your not a baby shower, yeah. which is yeah. you, su- you suddenly have that realization of, oh, these, these people mean something to me in a way I never thought of before. Yeah. These are people that are, that have been through these particular experiences. And I, and that to me is just really fascinating. I mean, I think that we, we probably take our friendships for granted. <laughs> you yeah. Know, and 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 we should well and i think <laughs> i think like i've gotten way mushier about my friendships in the last few years where i feel like you know i it's it, it's obviously time is always the culprit time is always like my enemy because i always want to see people more than i can but but i i do feel like i've gotten this strong feeling that they actually talk about it happens more when people retire, when their kids grow up and mm-hmm. they seem to have more time for shared living. They start reconnecting with friends in it with an urgency. And I sort of like I'm already I feel like I'm already there emotionally <laughs> where I'm like, can me and Benaria know Eddie just like hang out like we're <laughs> retired? <laughs> Because I think that these because these people yeah because I think you start realizing that certain people make all your experiences better, right? And you start realizing oh well if I have to go through and and later in life or whenever it is you're like well if I just have these people around me or if I can talk to these people whatever I'm going through will be made better and that's what friendship is. Did did either of you have the experience that the pandemic brought you to some older friends and do some reconnecting? Because I I had I started a movie club with a bunch of old LA comedian friends that I like was not in regular contact with them for years. I mean we would touch base, but now we we still see each other every week and talk about movies, Cute. and it's like it, yeah, so joyful. And I just there you know so it was obviously this horrible time, but it actually. Definitely brought me back together with a few of my closest friends. I don't so know. Did either of you? It's interesting because, like, I actually ended up having a very social pandemic in which I made a bunch of new friends. Um, and not in, like, an anti... <laughs> which always... Every time I say it, I'm like, it sounds like I went to secret clubs where nobody was masked. You know what I mean? And yeah. that is not what I... I my would... COVID friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hung out outside at a coffee shop for a lot of the pandemic in the... You know, in sometimes the cold and rain. You know, jo- 
just so that I could have a chat. And um, and so that's the other interesting thing is, ha- do you guys feel like you've made new friends as adults? Yeah, you know, I've had, I have a very close uh, knit group of friends that I've been friends with since college. Then I have like the second tier of friends that from, you know, my Boston comedy days, then I have this, you know, there's a bit of an overlap as I moved to New York. And then as I moved to Los Angeles, I have like an LA crew and some of the LA crew are from the New York crew. And then some are new LA people that I met. And so I feel like as you, you know, if, if you're not accumulating new friends as you go and, and go to different places, you might be doing something wrong oh yeah your 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 heart might just be slowly dying right. yeah like and you're not living you're not living to the fullness of life yeah, yeah um, but yeah. I, but i've also reconnected with people through the pandemic because uh i was just naturally far away from people i actually reconnected with a bunch of old boston comedy friends nice. who i who were maybe commemorative friends but now have become more frequent yeah and the online other categories again. Um, yeah and and we've made a you know better effort and we have like a, a weekly group thing going uh not to brag but we do some oh online there's a role there's playing. a there's a okay <laughs> Um, again, Benari does not represent the U.S. Armed Forces. <laughs> That's right. Unless it's in low fantasy gaming. And, then <laughs> and I'm a seventh level uh, paladin, not to brag. <laughs> All right. Well, folks, tell me what you, what, where do your friendships lie? This is, this kind of com- conversation is always so interesting to me. This was a really great piece in the Atlantic. So check it out. It just um, really kind of goes through the different phases of friendship. Uh, and I thought it was really interesting. Interesting. So, uh, and then also um, hit me up <laughs> on, <laughs> on social media. You uh, might make a new friend. You might make a new friend, but they also like kind of shit on social media in this article, obviously. So anyway. Clearly. Oh my God, what a fantastic conversation. You're both just so wonderful. And what I would really love is the, for the people of Faith the Nation to be able to follow you and all of the wonderful things you do. Bonari, where do they do that? Uh, they can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Benari Lee, B-E-N-A-R-I-L-E-E. And uh, yeah, no regrets. Um, yeah, and, and just keep tabs on where you can see Benari perform um, and all of the cultural products that he'll be selling for $195 million um, because he, he I'm is... I'm definitely um, getting into money laundering. He's that's, definitely getting into money laundering. I'm pivoting to money laundering. <laughs> Which we all should have been in the first place. Eddie, um, Eddie Geller, uh, candidate for Florida's 15th, uh, where do people find you? Well, people can go to eddiegeller.com, check out my website, uh, chip in a few bucks if you can, and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at gellered, G-E-L-L-E-R-E-D. Uh, definitely do that. Like I said, we, we, hi- we've been highlighting races, um, in the last few months. We're going to continue to do that. If you are in Florida, um, definitely, or if you're not again, because we're not all in States that need as much energy as States like Florida, right? I'm in New York. It's a little just, just different. So, um, and there's, um, there's a sister district plan where you can kind of get excited about other districts that are not your own, uh, and, 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 and put your energy to good use. Um, so definitely check out, um, eddiegeller.com. Wait, is that yes. what you said? Yes, eddiegeller.com. Um, and get excited about that race and um, and all of the races because we're going to get excited. That's what we're going to do. And that is the end of your special Memorial Day week 
show. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, I want to thank all the people that make this show a possibility. That's uh, our wonderful sound engineer, Stephanie Aguilar. Our theme music was written by Gabby Alter. And today is the very last show from our producer, Danielle Jones-Wesley. If you have laughed at a segment in the last several months, if you have just learned about a new cultural phenomenon in the last several months, it has been because of the expert stewardship of Danielle Jones-Wesley. She has been such a fantastic producer. I am so sad that she's leaving the show, but I am so excited for all the things that she's going to do next because she will do amazing things. So thank you so much, Danielle Jones-Wesley. And thank you, everyone, at HeadGum for making this show a possibility. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can email us at fakethenation at headgum.com. You can join the Patreon for bonus content at patreon.com slash Farsad. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful, relaxing holiday, and we'll be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.